With a week to go before the draft, we're at Draft Count and are choking on all the smoke screens. Eric Edholm of NFL.com is going to join us to try to make sense of all the noise that are coming. that's coming out. And we're going to do that next on the Draft Countdown Podcast. tonight's edition of the draft countdown podcast i'm your co-host brian bosarge joined as always is my by my co-host shane p hallam shane we are seven days 22 hours 58 minutes and 20 seconds away from the 2023 nfl draft feels like it feels good being in single digits uh, it's, it's almost here things have gotten hot and heavy on twitter and on the internet and uh man there's a lot to talk about today we, we do have a lot to talk about. we got a great guest that's going to help us make sense of all of it, and we'll bring him on in a little bit. But we want to remind you that if you are watching live here on YouTube and you have a question about a rumor, a question about what your team might do, or just a question in general about the NFL draft, drop it right now in the chat. We'll answer it at the end of the show. If you're following along on Twitter, send us a tweet, at Draft Countdown. We'll answer the question there. Or if you're a member of our Discord, you can ask a question there. And we will answer it if you're not a member of Discord and you would like to be so you can get all your questions answered about fantasy, NFL draft, everything. Go to draftcountdown.com, top right corner of the search bar, and you can join our Discord there. We'd love to have you as well. Also on that top right corner of that search bar, Shane, there's a link to sign up for the mock draft contest that we're uh, co-sponsoring with the uh, good, good fellows over there at Toilets to Titles. Where you go there, there's a link. You fill out a Google sheet. Then you go follow us on YouTube, follow them, follow Toilets of Titles on YouTube, and subscribe to their Gilded chat. Enter your mock draft, and bam, you could win money up to $500 uh, for every 10 entries we get, $20 in the kitty, and then up to $500 everybody can win, plus probably some other cool stuff too. We haven't really decided on that yet. But everybody go join that mock draft contest uh, over at Toilet. Uh, we're doing with Toilets of Titles. Again, the link, uh, top right corner on the site. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like people can win. Like, you know, just, just, just join. You can win. You can win it. If you're listening to this podcast, I feel like you have a good shot. Yeah, you, 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 you're smart. And you yeah. can figure this stuff out. I mean, you can be a mock draft champion like Shane. <laughs> I, well, I, I've never been a mock draft champion, but uh, top top one hundred champion. Yeah, top one hundred champion. 
twice, two times. So two time top one hundred champion. <laughs> well, speaking of champions, uh, is it six times Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers? Did I get that right? Sure. Oh well, yeah, six, six times. Six times. That, that uh, sounds right. How many things? We don't want to talk about that. Okay. Uh. They acquired a wide receiver this week, uh, Allen Robinson, who feels like he's uh, taking that Brandon Cooks route of uh, team travel these days. Uh, traded from the Los Angeles Rams, uh, and they do a pick swap in the seventh round, right? So a ham sandwich, essentially, for Allen Robinson heading over to Pittsburgh. It's almost as little as you can give to get a player, right? Like tw- less than 20 picks in the seventh round. And – they're not even taking on his full salary. The Rams are taking on five million of the ten million remaining. Steelers taking on the other five million. So if you have the money, like sure, I don't know. Steelers just need that big slot receiver. They want to chase Claypool to be. I hey, here's Allen Robinson for a year. He used to be good. Let's see what happens. I don't think it takes them out of drafting a receiver in round three or round four. Um, you know, they've been looking at Jonathan Mingo and Jaden Reed and Charlie Jones, guys like that in the draft. So I think they still could draft one. They're good at drafting receivers, uh, but you don't have to now. And I think that's that's the key. Yeah, it doesn't force the issue. And that's kind of what you want to do, like, in this process leading up, right, is to solidify those roster spots where, like, if somebody falls to you on the board, you take them, right? If a receiver you really like falls to you, this doesn't preclude you from taking the receiver, but it doesn't also it doesn't make you like, oh my God, we don't have anybody on the roster. We have to take somebody here, and and basically you force the pick, and that's when you get into trouble, right? Right. I think, and I, I tweeted about this. I think you can look at who teams are signing now for one year cheap deals. These veterans, oftentimes that's the positions they'll go in the draft because they're saying, okay, we want to address this position. But if not, we got to be ready. You know, so it almost kind of tips that they're interested. You know, the Falcons signing an edge rusher. Like, I think it kind of tips some of the interest position-wise. Um, makes a lot of sense to me. And I think this could be the same thing for the Steelers. You have the money, spend it on Allen Robinson. And, hey, we, were, we needed that slot receiver. So if someone comes along, you draft them. There you go. Only thing uh, cheaper than that would have been what a conditional seventh round pick in the twenty twenty five draft. There's been some of those that, and then you has been pick at the end. <laughs> that generally doesn't, you know, that never says anything well about the player you're acquiring, right? Because yeah. they're probably getting cut. Uh, Shane, let's talk about some draft props. We've talked about these uh, a few times now, and we've seen some. There's not a whole lot of them out there. We're, we're, our speculation is these uh, online books took a bath last year with uh, um, some of these draft props, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I don't think last year went well combined draft wise for a lot of the sports books. So they've been a little slower to get things out. They're, they're coming out now, but they've been a little bit slower on some of those. You know, what, let's table this. Uh, we'll come back to it in just a little bit because we've got a special guest that's going to we, we're going to weed some of this stuff out, right? Yeah. We've got a lot of rumors we got to address, a lot of stuff happening in the NFL. And who better to bring on than a good friend of the show and a man who writes for NFL.com? It's our good friend Eric Edholm. 
Chicago's finest, baby. <laughs> Better late than never. I'm sorry I'm a little bit tardy. I had to restart the laptop and uh, technical issues and kids in the background. My hair is looking terrible. I mean, everything's falling apart, but the draft can bring us together, boys. I'm, I'm confident of this. Hey, look, man, it's all wild for everybody this time of year, but especially a guy like you who does this full-time for a living. You know, me and Shane, we're part-timers here, but Eric, you, you're full full head of steam here, man. So we're going to die. You guys are the wonder twins, though, man. You activate, man. You put it together and just <laughs> make it happen. Happens. Come on, let's go. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut well, Eric, you off there. Eric, let's get right into it. A week ago, it was something different. Now – you look at the odds on every book, minus fifteen hundred for Bryce Young to go number one. Yeah. What what flipped here to all of a sudden go from this and now Bryce Young is he's the number one pick in the draft. Where the cards turned in. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I was wrong. I had you know like you can go look. I don't remember exactly how five minutes after the trade happened between the Panthers and Bears, I said. I just have a feeling it's Stroud. I just, I just, you know, that just seemed to point in his direction. You could see Frank Reich wanting a guy with a little bit more stature in the pocket, uh, a little bit more of a, a traditional passer in that regard, I guess. And and but somebody who also has, uh, on, on occasion, flashed, uh, you know, like Northwestern Georgia, a couple games where C.J. Stroud showed that ability, and and you know, it just sort of. There were a few other factors, uh, things that I'd picked up along the way that I thought, I think Stroud's their guy. And then he wasn't. And the question I've been asking, because I don't know the answer, and I don't know that it's been reported anywhere, but who? I don't think it's – you can't tell me that it's 100% in that room. You had to think that there were some pretty strong debates, I would guess. I felt like I could kind of read the tea leaves and that there were – some people in that room who liked Stroud better, you know, and that's, that's their prerogative. You don't expect a hundred percent except for generational type prospects. So how much influence does David Tepper have in this? I don't know. Is he the, the thumb on the scale? Is he the, the, the tie breaking vote? Is he the number one vote? It, does he not have a vote? Does he, I mean, of course he does, you know, owners have a vote on everything, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just throwing that out there. Take that whatever direction you want. I'm sure, obviously, Fitterer had a ton of say in the matter. Uh, I'm sure they asked Josh McCown, the new QB coach, what he thought. Frank Reich is going to have a big say as the new head coach. Um, other personnel guys. But, you know, I just wonder. I don't know who how it, how it tilted like that. Well, Eric, I'll 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 kind of go a little bit lower down the board here. I have a question. If if you could give me in the crystal ball and show me where one player is going in this first round, to me it'd be mm. Bijan Robinson, the running back out oh. of Texas, because I, I I don't know, you know, I, he could fall, he could go higher. Where where do you think he goes with the running back position being devalued? A lot of the teams looking at him, like Philadelphia, Howie Roseman's not a guy that drafts a running back. What, what happens with Bijan? Yeah, I thought you were saying if if I could predict a lower pick, which one would it be? And so that's why I was surprised you said Bijan because I thought, oh, that's like the guy that nobody knows where he's going, right? Yeah. Um, I will say there's there's a team I think in the in the top ten, not counting the Eagles, because I don't I don't know honestly what if they would, you know, Jordan Davis last year I would say arguably, even though he's a defensive tackle, theoretically he goes that goes against their draft philosophy too right you don't draft two down players and that sort of thing but you know i mean 
they you know they've broken that rule before too they drafted danny watkins a 27 year old guard in the first round years ago you know and that's still the same philosophy as when howie you know got there and stuff but um i would say just putting them to the side for a minute there has been surprising recent buzz on atlanta at eight as an early team to watch and i kept thinking to myself boy you know after after you ran the ball effectively without him last year right you know i mean it wasn't like it was <laughs> it was a difficult thing right and i know that not every draft pick is just filling a hole or solving a problem you you want to draft as many great players as you want but that wasn't the first player i came up with when i was you know starting in january and thinking like what direction could atlanta go i didn't start with Bijan robinson but there's been some buzz there enough that i'm kind of sitting up in my chair and taking notice um Otherwise, I've you know obviously the Cowboys have done work on him. They're farther down the chain. I'm sure you know he would. They would love to have him, right? I don't. I think they'd have to move up for him though. Uh, is Tampa interested? Maybe. So, but you know that's 19 and 25 or whatever. Uh, there's a long way between eight and 19. Is there another team in there that says screw it? We we love the guy. You know, do we need a running back at this very moment? No, but who cares? You know, it's possible. So it just depends on maybe who's still sitting there. If there are any, any movement, and then, you know, if Atlanta or some other team in that area passes on him, how far does he get? I don't know. He's got to be the hardest player for all of us to mark right now. Right. I think so. Right. Be. Yeah. What's I mean, maybe quarterback four too. I don't know. I guess there's, there's enough, you know, trade possibilities and whatnot, or three QB three or four could end up going to a team that lands at a trade. But yeah, Bijan's the one who I, I, we know he's going first round. We just don't, I don't know. There's not a real strong arrow pointing one way or the other. Pick to Houston. We just assumed it would be a quarterback. We assumed it would be Bryce Young because we all, I think all three of us, uh, as soon as Carolina got the pick, it was Stroud. You weren't the only one here. Both of us were on that right. same boat as well. So we assumed Young to Houston. Now it appears that's who they wanted the whole time was Young. That doesn't appear to be a secret now. Yes, so now the odds have shifted to them going with Will Anderson uh-huh. as the picket too. If that is the case, one, is that just a question of let's get the best player in the draft? And two, are they a potential possibility to move back up into the top 10 to get one of the other quarterbacks, even as high as three with Arizona, yeah. to come back all the way up. They've got the capital to do it. So it's not like – I mean, it wouldn't even hurt them to do, no. unload some of these draft picks that they've got. So that I guess yeah. we'll call that a two-part question. Is, is it Will Anderson at two? Is it Tyree Wilson at two? Or is it one of the quarterbacks? And do they come back up to get a quarterback? Yeah, you, yeah, you kind of – you covered a lot on that. And that's and that's that's exactly where I would have gone, which is – yeah, they. I think they like Will Anderson, but I wonder, you know – how much they're intrigued by Tyree Wilson. And, you know, I mean, you see a guy like James Lifford in the, in the scouting department, you know, an up and comer, future GM. A lot of people think around the league, you know, he, he kind of pointed him towards Stingley and some other guys last year. I think they leaned heavily on, uh, on his influence. And so, you know, I mean, you just try to think about how last year's draft went and how, you know, it can go a little different way than than we're all thinking, right? And so I had heard at the combine when you know I, I 
guess at that point the trade had not happened. I'm trying to remember the timing on this, but yeah, basically that QB wasn't a, a locket too. No, you know, and and I was a little surprised, but I thought, okay, yeah, I guess I can see it, right? If they think they can come up from 12, and obviously a lot's changed since then, right? And and so maybe maybe there are a couple teams that love Will Levis more than than we realized. And Levis could be the quarterback who goes, you know, he's kind of gotten this like, whoa, now he's back up. He could end up going the third pick or the fourth. I think he's going to end up going either to a, a trade at three or a, or a Colts just sit there and take him at four. So mm-hmm. now what happens to Anthony Richardson? I don't know. But, yeah, then you're thinking, okay, well, which quarterback can they make that move? Are they willing to do that? Okay, if it's if it's if it's doable that way, seems like an awful lot of effort. But you know, to instead of just grabbing the quarterback and then maybe getting a similar quality edge, because I could see a Nolan Smith slipping a little or whatever. You know, I don't know. It just it it feels like they're also opening the door for not taking a quarterback in round one. It, it's possible. I mean, I, I don't know. I think there'd be a there'd be torches and pitchforks. It feels and, like malpractice if they if they, I know. If they trot out yeah. Davis Mills again. Right. <laughs> Sorry. And well, they also brought in what was his name? Uh, who's the veteran they brought in? I'm just blanking. But yeah, I mean, two guys who don't have a future with the uh, you know with the franchise, but they're placeholders or whatever. And this is setting the table for what you know. That's what everyone's been expecting and debating for for four months now. And I don't know. I I still haven't figured out what I'm doing on my last my last mock. So it, this year's crazy, guys. I don't know. <laughs> this is a hard one. Uh, I feel like it always ends up pretty tough <laughs> at some point. Yeah, last year was the first year where I felt like I kind of had a like a and the no quarterback in the top, you know, 18 picks or whatever made it easier. I thought just because yeah. like. You just kind of worked your way and then, okay, pick to pick to pick. And if you know one, you lock it in. And then you – last year felt a lot easier than this to me. But, yeah, most years this is pretty rough. So, Eric, what we, we see, you know, flash across all these players with pre-draft visits. And the article mm-hmm. came out today, the Kalaja Kansi quote, quote that he had no pre-draft visits in this process. Uh, I, I guess for, for people listening, how important are the pre-draft visits in terms of predicting where a player is going to go? Does it matter? Does it not matter? Uh, you know, what's the deal with pre-draft visits? Yeah, they're, 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 they're interesting, right? I mean, like he, I, do I look at him and sort of pay attention to him? Of course. But what I end up usually doing um, is just looking like, okay, you know, the Packers have brought in six tight ends, it's a good number, you know, for that position. That's a, that's a big number. They like, they're going to draft a tight end. Is it, you know, is it 15 or is it Musgrave at 45, whatever. I'm just, I think of it like in those terms, but, or interesting, this team didn't bring in this position at all. I mean, does that matter? I don't know. I guess what I should do is spend more time in May for to be by the beach, but spend more time in May thinking about like, what did those visits matter, right? Like, let's see how many of those teams actually drafted those players. Cause I'm, I feel like I'm giving you more of an anecdotal answer than, than a real hard data one. I haven't seen a lot of that uh, reported before. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll look into that, but yeah, I tend to just look at it like that. The Cansey thing is pretty fascinating though. You know, I mean, you'd think for a top 50 guy, 
even if they did the the you know the car wash at the at the combine and met with 24 teams or whatever the heck it is you'd think there'd still be one that you know we see multiple you know like the bears have had like seven or eight guys they've you know they've met multiple times with and made it very public who they're you know it's just interesting that somebody who you know at least has been sort of comped to aaron donald i don't think he's that but you know what i mean like yeah that he's not made a visit yet i didn't know that that's really interesting i don't want to make this all about the qbs but there's yeah, been some reports it. come out today about C.J. Stroud. So I feel like I have to ask, see what you've heard about this. Said reports coming out that he bombed the S2 test or whatever that apparently predicts success for quarterbacks. Reports that he's hard to coach, which me and Shane talked about this beforehand, doesn't really seem to match up with what we've heard. And then he apparently ghosted the Manning Academy, which – that was report that was said uh, in a podcast by Brady Quinn. So, have you heard about any of this and do you buy any of it? Well, first of all, I was supposed to go to the Manning camp last year. I assume it was last year if he was like a counselor or something like that. I'm guessing I don't know when this alleged the uh, snub Manning snubbing occurred, but first of all, don't underweight the 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 heft of the Manning pull. I mean, honestly, like they're like the 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 sweet talking you know football mafia man like you cross any of them they can they can get on you but uh, I'm kidding I love them they're great but uh, yeah I don't I I don't know any of that specifically I mean I've I've heard mostly good things that he's a you know he's a sort of a humble kid not exactly you know I mean he's he's a winner he's a cool calm collected guy I don't know about the you know the 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 ego or the the big head or anything like that just not something i've specifically heard so this is all a little bit new to me and and i wonder you know i mean he was he was re- kind of i think his teammates saw him as like this super chill guy like he wasn't he wasn't intense he wasn't big time he was you know, I mean, his, you know, his dad and that whole situation, that would be pretty humbling, I think. And I don't know. It just feels like it runs anathema to what I've heard to this point. Yeah. What, uh, who are some players maybe that you're higher on, no, no matter what their draft capital is going to be like that you, you know, you watched, you're yeah. like, hey, I think this guy's going to be, going to be good or better than where he'll get drafted. Well, that's a good question. It's funny because I haven't been able to ask, like, you know, I obviously I poke around and see what other people say at, at later in the process. I really try to avoid mock drafts till about March, just looking at them for bias reasons. I don't want to, you know, I, I want to be able to figure it out myself and, and do it that way. I mean, you can't avoid it. Right. But, but, um, so I don't know where Tyreek Stevenson is is kind of rated to go. I mean, what have you guys been hearing range-wise? I don't think I've even asked anybody personnel-wise about him uh, as far as that goes. I'm guessing day two, but like what any other outside of that range that you guys have heard at all? Most or? of the simulators that I've gone through, he ends up coming off the board in between somewhere between like 60 and 80. So oh, Okay, yeah. So I So then I probably do – like him a little bit better than that you know i would probably have him i think he's 
I think my last top hundred list, I want to say was like in the 65 to 75 range. I don't remember exactly where, but something like that. And I don't know. I see a pretty good player. I mean, he's got some stuff he's got to clean up a little bit, but um, you know, some extra steps he'll get thrown off balance a little bit. And, you know, you know, there's a little bit of stiffness there, but boy, I think his instincts are really good. He's a, he's a tough hitter and tackler. He's got nice length, you know, his physical traits are really good. I just, you know, he, he got his hands on a lot of passes the last couple of years. I mean, not a high interception total. I don't know, three or four in his career or something like that, but you know, good arm length, good athleticism, you know, pretty clean injury history that I think, you know, I think he's had a couple little minor things, but you know, I, I, I like the player and feel like once he got to Miami, he, you know, sort of blossomed a little bit. And so I'd take it that guy at the end of the second round or early third. Absolutely. I like it. So we talked a little bit about Arizona at three, go on the record right now. Who yeah. is the team? That's trading up to three because we know at this point it would almost be a shock if they didn't move out of three, right? Yeah. So who's the team that's going to come up? I mean, I guess you know we. I guess there could be a stunner at two that that throws everything on hold, right? But yeah, you're right. I think three is the like the action spot. You know, Casario said there was action at two. I kind of think they're going to be stuck there. You know, I don't know that anybody's going to going to call their bluff. I think they're really going to end up having to make a pick. So three is probably the spot. And, and I'll throw a team out there. Well, first of all, I'd heard the Titans were, were kind of sniffing around a little bit. That was more of a last week rumor. But I don't, you know, again, the timing of these things. I, I went back and this is an experiment I did one year. I went back and kept kind of closer notes of who told me what and when and all that stuff. And the highest percentage of of good information that I got was either at the combine or like almost immediately afterward from like April 1st on less. So, right. So anyway, the point being, um, well, we just, what were we talking about? I got off balance. So, so. Who's the team that's going to come up? To three? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, what, what point am I making? Uh, so I had heard Titans were, were a team to watch, but, I think it could be the Raiders. So especially if Stroud were to slip, I could, I could see that, that pairing making a lot of sense. I mean, you know, McDaniels wants that kind of slow pulse guy who's accurate, you know, I think, you know, not you'll give up a little arm strength for, you know, some of the intangible stuff that I think Stroud has. So that's a possibility because with, with Garoppolo there, first of all, it's a one-year deal essentially. And we know his injury history, you know, and that's kind of a big deal. I mean, you know, and I, I think they're in the quarterback market. So they're, they're one to watch. You guys got any other ideas about who might, might be moving up in that spot. I like the Colts. Colts. From I feel like they're three. so just like no, we're gonna especially if, Str- if Stroud's on the board. If Stroud's on the board, it's like I've already got a deal in place for this scenario. I mean, if if I'm the Colts, what you're saying makes perfect sense to me. And if they did it, you know, bravo, go go get him. Right, like if that's your guy, go get him. But I just don't know if they're gonna do that. Like the one takeaway I got from maybe I'm misreading it, but like Chris. Chris Ballard at the combine, he did a little session off to the side and he basically said, he's like, 
He's like, he just, yeah, he's like, you hate to move up and give up those picks unless it's the right guy. And he just like that little grimace in his face. It was like, it was almost like he was prepping us for the idea that I like, I think he likes, if I had to guess Bryce Young a lot, you know, Stroud, but I think, I think Levis is somebody that he's really into. I think it, would he would he trade up for Levis with Stroud on the board? Is that even a possibility? Could happen. You know, that, that, I mean, that would it, be it, it, for for the sake of our live stream. I really hope I'm, that's not during the time that I'm in here on <laughs> on Thursday night because I may I may go all Shane Bruce Irvin if that was the case. <laughs> the veins in your neck, you know, yeah. Oh my god. I think I think something weird is going to happen up there. I don't know what you know, but I think we'll we'll see. A, we'll have an early shocker in this draft. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see if it happens. You know, pre, if if number two gets known, maybe right. it happens pre-draft. Yeah, we could. We could. Um, real quick, t- talk about this receiver class a bit. I feel like I'm higher on it than the NFL seems to be, but. Yeah. Mock drafts still have four or five sometimes receivers going in the first round. Like, there seems to be some cognitive dissonance here. I agree. Yeah. And first of all, I thought the, <laughs> and I, I really like Bob McGinn. I've, I've known him. He's always been nice to me or whatever. Like, first, when his, you know, what they call like his hit pieces, <laughs> I'm laughing, <laughs> right? Like, the scouts just taking a dump all over every single player in the, in the league and everybody sucks. And, you know, uh, so of course today is like Bob McGinn wide receiver tight end day. And I was, I was reading it earlier, just getting a good, you know, late draft season chuckle at that. But I, yeah, I'm, I think it's a little harsh to be like, this is the worst class to ever exist. And and what are we doing here? Really? This is the worst ever. Or maybe is it lacking some size? Yeah. Overall, I think there's a lot of small guys. Uh, is it lacking some high end, you know, like Jamar Chase, Jefferson type receivers? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. We're, we're, we're projecting. If, if we say that Jackson Smith and Jig was our number one receiver, which I am, we're saying like, yeah, he was all right. He missed last year. I mean, so did Jamar Chase. He, he sat out the season, but the point is like, you know, he was, he was hurt and, you know, we didn't get a 40 time from him at the combine. We had to wait till the, the pro day. And so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few hangups there. He's not your typical number one receiver in this class, in a class. So there had, there's some warts. There's some injury stuff, obviously, in some of the middle round guys and, you know, some incomplete portfolios. But I think the more I look at it, the more I realize there'll be some, some solid Robins, just not as many Batman. That's, that seems fair. Yeah. Uh, last question, Eric, and we'll let you go. We'll make it a two-part question just for fun. Yeah. Who is a surprise name that's going to go in round one, and who is one that we've seen off-mocked into round one that's going to fall out? Mm, good one. Okay. So, I yeah, like, I don't know how much of a surprise – would Emmanuel Forbes be a surprise? I don't know. You tell me. Is that a is that big enough, or should I go bigger? At this point, I would say no. Okay. Uh, what about Keon White? I mean, I think probably people have at least got to the idea that okay, I guess somebody could take this guy in round one. I've I've heard there are a couple teams that have kind of looked hard at him. So, 
there's another one that that maybe is you know in slightly off the radar i guess uh I don't, well, let's put it this way. I don't know that we're going to get five receivers. Four is probably the number, maybe. Um, I don't, could Quentin Johnston fall to round two? I just. Very possible. I think he does, man. I don't know. I'm not 100% sure he goes in round one. And it would be a little bit out of line with recent years, I think. Check me if I'm wrong, but. To have, if they're all kind, if we're all arguing, they're roughly in the same vicinity, you know, ceiling wise or whatever. Different players and all that, but like to have three small guys or maybe four small guys go before the first over six foot receiver to go, that might be a little unusual. But I guess I wouldn't be shocked if it happened. Like the the, the pro day was unimpressive. Uh, he's he's a specific type of tackle breaker that i don't think will quite translate at the next level he doesn't i don't know do you guys view him as like a 50 50 ball guy i didn't see a ton of like you know jostling in the air to get it and i don't know he's he's like a less sexy mike williams or something i don't know what how i feel about the guy but that's that's one that that might that might surprise some people i think well, he, he's Brian's wide receiver one. We fight about him a bit because I, I don't think he's a contested catcher. He doesn't play like a big receiver, and that's right. Scary. He play in the air, yeah. But he's fast, though. I mean, he moves, yeah, he and he just wishes hands were a little more natural. And I, I don't hate him. I don't at all. He can turn it on. He took over that Kansas game. He's taken over a million games. But I'm just I'm ambivalent, I guess, about his his upside. You know, I'm with you. And good to go back to Forbes. I, I, I think he's going to end up in that uh, in the back. I think I think people are going to go back to the tape and see, despite being 166 pounds, he plays like a wrecking ball. And there isn't another corner in this class that's got the ball skills that he has. Boom. That's it. That's the sale point right there. Yeah. I, I, After the combine, I backed off a little bit. And I was like, 166 pounds, man, that don't fly. But then, you know, you go back and you start thinking about it, and it's like, no, man, no, them ball skills, that's round one all day. <laughs> I know. And it's, and you're willing to live with a couple of, you know, he, you know, he guesses and he, he jumps some stuff. And, and, but like, he makes up for it all the time. I, I, I love him. I kind of think he's unusual. And, 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 you know, the weight is an issue, just like it is for, for Bryce and you know, any other position where you're undersized like that and you're worried if they can take the wear and tear and you know, maybe it's not quite as big a deal. Cause he has the mentality obviously to play a physical game is, you know, but those smaller guys are the ones who are more prone to the hamstrings and the groins and all that too. So I don't know, but he's, he's, he's smooth, man. Well, me and Shane both love him. So it's, yeah, it's, you're not you're not, you're you're preaching to the choir here. But Eric, man, there aren't many people out there that do it better than you, and we oh, and we thanks, can't appreciate man. it enough. You coming on right this close to the draft, we know how busy you are, and we can't thank you enough for coming on with us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. It was a, it was a, it was a good chat, and uh, I'll have to give you guys a post Kansas City 
versus mobile barbecue showdown like i'll see if i can do like a taste test while i'm there and <laughs> I, I i don't know it's a tough one because i like kansas city but i like i like the 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 mobile style too so. as long I'll as you know. avoid as long as you avoid dreamland barbecue and don't let that be the deciding factor in mobile <laughs> will be fair okay. enough i've been there before so we, we can say we've already done that one yeah so <laughs> Eric, no, man, thanks, tell everybody Eric. where we can find uh, find your stuff this close to the ground. Yeah, it's at NFL.com. I'm on Twitter at uh, sometimes. I've been less on there lately, but I'll but draft. I'll be all in. Eric with a C underscore E D H O L M. And uh, yeah, let's have some fun next week, boys. Love it, man. Eric, yeah. appreciate you, man. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah, thanks, man. Take it easy. That was right. good stuff right there, man. Yeah. Eric at home, NFL.com. Man, we can't can't thank him. Like I said, we know how busy he is this time of year, Shane. And, you know, for him to come on and take the time out to you know, spend 30 minutes with us, you know, he's he's great. Yeah, no, he, he's he's phenomenal. He's dialed in, you know, and I, I, I just love he's always very honest and open and, you know, has such good analysis and insights. So, um, it, it was good. I, I feel a little more comfortable about some things after talking with him. Yeah, same here. Same here. Glad, glad we all share the same glowing opinion of Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, f- future Cincinnati Bengal, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I think he is definitely going to be on the board if he's available uh, there. All right, we were, we were talking about it quickly because Eric was having some computer issues, so we were kind of going to go to a different segment that he popped on. So let's get back into it, Shane. There's a couple of draft props out there. There's very few. We talked about it. We, we, we think the books took a bath last year between the combine and the draft, and they're a bit uh, hesitant to, uh, to uh, put these props out there. But there's three that kind of caught my eye, and I wanted to go over with you. Um, first defensive player off the board right now, Seems to be overwhelmingly Will Anderson at minus 275. But if you think there's a little money to be made here, uh, Tyree Wilson is at plus 260. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, I, I kind of toyed with that in a mock draft uh, a couple weeks back. Of what if Tyree Wilson went above Will Anderson and how could that kind of domino affect things? Like, I think it could happen. I'm not I'm not the biggest Tyree Wilson guy in the top five. Um, and so I tend to think NFL teams will play it smart and not do that. But, yeah, there, there might be a little bit of money to be made. I, you know, I, I might even go Jalen Carter plus 550, right, if a team's like character concerns don't worry us. We think he's the most talented player in the draft. Boom. To me, for that to work, I think you almost have to have quarterbacks go – like one boom, 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 one, two, one through three, four, four at the top. Yeah. And then Seattle at five with their pick of all the defensive players like Jalen Carter more. I think that's how that works out right? Uh, for Carter. I, I don't think he'll go to Houston or Arizona uh, at two or three. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I think Will Anderson's got to be the person off the board either way. But yeah. I, I agree. But – I saw uh, Pat to the draft on NFL Network earlier today before we came on, and that had something interesting. I think it was Lance Zerline said just in talks, or it might have been Scott Bioli, I can't remember which one it was, but had with talks with teams that there is a cons- a concern with Will Anderson that, and it's more of a concern with Alabama in general, 
is that their players come into the league topped out, so to speak. Like there's not elevation or room to grow into a better player. They are who they are right when they get there. Is that a concern? And where Tyree Wilson, we haven't scratched the surface on what he could be yet. Look, I feel like that's like a cyclical Alabama thing that comes up every couple years or once once an Alabama guy like busts, then everyone's like, eh, you know, everyone kind of brings that up. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily wrong, especially when you talk defensive players uh, and offensive linemen. I mean, I, I think that's fair, but I think when you start playing that game is usually when you draft the wrong guy, right? When it's right. like, oh, let's find out what this guy can be instead of the guy that literally dominated college football two years ago. It's, it's like, we don't have to get cute. For the it's it's like it's like when you've got a third and one play, and instead of just running the ball up the middle, taking the yards and getting the first down, you try to run a reverse or something to try to break a big play, and then yeah. you end up getting hit in the backfield for five and have to punt. You know that that's on. Just don't be stupid. Take the best player in the draft and, and, and be done with it. Um, this one's kind of shifted a little bit in the last week, but first corner off the board right now seems to be overwhelmingly moved to Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, now at minus 250, where it was at one time Christian Gonzalez, who's now at plus 190. And if you're feeling really spunky, uh, Joey Porter Jr. at plus 3,000. Uh, you just want to throw a couple bucks on that just to do it. Uh, Brian might be feeling spunky here. I could be. Uh, could be. <laughs> This this one's interesting to me. I think I'm going to toss a little bit on Christian Gonzalez plus 190. Um, like I think Witherspoon could be that guy. I think the Lions probably make the most sense to take Witherspoon over Gonzalez. And I think it's another case of, you know, if they're the first team to take a corner, which seems likely that that could happen. Um, but last year the books got this wrong too. I mean, Sauce Gardner I think was minus 300, 350 the time of the draft to be the first corner off the board. That didn't happen. This feels similar, but like Christian Gonzalez is more the athlete outside corner. It's probably the guy that's going first. Um, but that, that might be a linchpin in some, some of these mock drafts. Like where do these corners go in the top 10? I feel like I hit a little money on that with Stingley last year. I think I, uh, think I bet that there at him to be in the first corner off the board. Uh, last prop we'll talk about. And this another one that's kind of waffled back and forth over the last week. Uh, the first tight end off the board, now currently Notre Dame's Michael Mayer at uh, minus one sixty, where Dalton Kincaid was uh, at the or at, at worst even, uh, but I think was a little favorite last week. Now at plus one ten, and Darno Washington, uh, the Georgia tight end, at plus five fifty. Yeah. I I think Mayer's the right call. Um, I think when they were – Kincaid was like slightly ahead. I think they are all plus money a little bit. Um, people were kind of moving things around. That was the time to bet on Mayer. And even minus 160, I mean, it's a pretty good price. Like, Don Kincaid still is not going to work out. Still has the back. Like, I think there are teams that aren't going to take him or feel comfortable taking him even as a first-round talent per se. And Michael Mayer's like – rock solid right so i even think he's a move up candidate maybe a team like dallas moves up to take him but like green bay's i don't think green bay is going to take dalton kincaid over michael mayer right right and uh 
I was putting together like a little list of who all has visited what teams, you know, for our big spreadsheet that we keep for the draft. And I think that no other player has visited more teams than Dalton Kincaid. Teams trying to, you know, figure this out, you know, is the back injury, you know, worse or not than what, you know, they're leading on having their doctors look at him and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's it feels like more than half the league, and I could be wrong here, has brought in Dalton Kincaid for a visit. So there's a lot of interest out there, if nothing else. Right. I mean, it it is the most – it's the injury that's most impactful to the player because he's not going to work out. It's a bad – it's a back injury. Like, there's, a lot, I think, a lot to go over that teams just want to be sure of. But, yeah, it, when it, when a guy makes that many visits, it usually means – Good things are on the horizon. Okay, maybe I overestimated the number, but it's eleven. <laughs> Still, I mean that's a third so of the league. It's that's a third of the league has, yeah, has brought in uh, has brought in um, Kincaid. So yeah. All right, Shane. I put out a column today over at DraftCountdown.com. My five guys for the NFL draft. Like no, these aren't necessarily. The, who we think are the five best players. These are guys that it comes time in the draft room. These are your guys. You would, you're an area scout for team a or whatever. These are the guys you would, if somebody asked you, we're in round five, give us a guy. So I threw out five names. And if you've listened to our podcast, every week or whatever you've heard me talk about these guys i, I won't you know you can read it at draftcount.com but jason Brownlee, wide receiver southern miss obviously was going to be on this list as much as i've talked about him couldn't have a list of mine go out without having a south carolina player and i feel like darius rush just tremendous process he's had and, and getting to see him at the senior bowl big influence on me i've mentioned tajay spears a lot before he blew up the senior bowl as well uh, I really like Jason Taylor. I've, I've written about him a lot this year uh, on the site, the safety from Oklahoma State. And I love Johnny Lumpkin, the tight end from, from Louisiana. And like I said, he's probably not getting drafted, but he, he's visited a few teams. I think he's going to be a priority free agent, you know, as a blocking tight end. Guys that can block and play special teams, they're going to make a roster be it as a late-round draft pick or as a free agent. I think Johnny Lumpkin's one of those guys. So those are my five guys, Shane. So let's let's go into a little more detail here with you. Who are your – who are Shane's guys in the 2023 NFL draft class? And I'll kind of list these in the order I think they get drafted in. So my, my number one, fringe first-round pick. I don't think he goes in the first round, but I would bang the table for him late in round one. That's Anton Harrison the offensive tackle from Oklahoma. I've been talking – I feel like I've talked about him on the podcast since we relaunched it because uh, he wasn't getting much publicity, but might be the best pure pass protection off left tackle in this this draft. You know, very finesse. I tend to like those guys. Like, give me someone that can protect the quarterback, and I'll make it work. Uh, I feel like Anton Harrison has the feet. He has the, the ability to mirror. I love his kick slide. I think he has everything. I think he's going to be a franchise left tackle, even if you get him in round two. My second guy, it really was the senior bowl that sold him for me, is Keanu Benton, the defensive lineman from Wisconsin. I just love the leverage, the, the effort, the toughness. Um, a lot of times defensive linemen are tough, I think, even watching the, the, the game film. 
if they're getting double team consistently, there's very few that can beat that double team if you are your first round pick. You know, Benton's not that guy, but you watch him against Ohio State. I mean, they they put Matthew Jones and Luke Whipler, who's like Luke Whipler's gonna be a top 100 pick, and they put them on him every play, two two heads, and he was, you know, there were times he was still getting through and filling gaps. Like, I, I want that kind of toughness against the run. I think he has a little bit more pass rush than you think. I like Keanu Benton. Um, number three, a guy I've been raving about for years, Tucker Craft, tight end out of South Dakota State, uh, comped him as a prospect similar to Travis Kelsey as a prospect, whereas kind of more two-way tight end blocker, didn't, doesn't look fast, but is always open, making the tough catch and then running guys over after the catch. Uh, I think if he, his health is good, I think Kraft, you know, is, is going to be a legitimate starting tight end in the league. Uh, you can get him around three, round four. Uh, I love that. Number four is Jacorian Bennett, the corner from Maryland. Uh, we've talked about on here, like I, I think he actually played better than Deontay Banks on a more consistent basis. Uh, similar to, you know, Darius Rush, South Carolina always suffers that problem where you have a Cam Smith and the other guy starts getting picked on. He's got to step up his game. I think Jacorian Bennett did that, has the speed, has the athleticism, not as big, but he he gets in there and he, he has the skills to position himself to knock passes down. The number five, I, I don't know if he, maybe he's a round seven pick, but, but Andre Yeshivas, the receiver from Princeton, I've loved for a while. I have the column up. He didn't quite hit the Christian Watson heights for the draft hype, but I think it's a developmental receiver to get that speed size uh, and a player who really took a big jump from last year to you know two years ago to this past season playing really looks like a football player. I, I think we're going to see Yasivas in a year or two down the line have a role, an injury happens, he gets out there and starts balling out people like, whoa, who's this guy from Princeton? Uh, so th- th- those those are my five. Yeah, I, 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 that was a fun it was fun exercise to look through the list and be like, oh, yeah, these are my guys. Your last two guys are the most intriguing for me. Uh, Ja'Korian Bennett is a guy that um, I think position versatility, special teams – all that is going to work in his favor. And same thing with uh, Andre Yeshivas. I think he can be a versatile wide receiver, whereas play outside, play inside. And I think he's going to hit a lot of hit a lot for special teams uh, coaches around the league. And both those guys probably going to come off the board. I think early day three uh, at worst fifth round, I think for both those guys. So yeah, those are, those are some good, some good spots there. Uh, But yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing where these guys come off the board, and it's going it's to be fun, man. I'm, I'm really looking forward yeah, to can't wait. Step, you know, eight nights away, you know, from the NFL draft, essentially. And um, we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But we've got some questions. Uh, we didn't get any in the Discord or in the chat, but we have a handful on Twitter. So we'll get to those now. Um. At JBFaz1213 has a couple of questions. Uh, says he's expecting Eric DaCosta, the GM for the Ravens, to trade down at least once, if not twice in the first round. Is he off base or is he on target for that? I think the Ravens are a prime candidate to trade, whether it be down or up. I think they are a team that could move around a little bit. Ultimately, maybe they move up for a Jackson Smith and Jigba. Um, they, even signing you know Odell Beckham, I think they're going to look at receiver. But 
they're not a team that's afraid to move down too. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily off base. But if there was a team in the twenties, that I'd say, uh, you know, this is a team that's going to move. Um, I think the Ravens are high on my list because they have. I think they have a lot more holes than it seems. They could use a couple more picks, and and DaCosta's a guy that does like to add those picks uh, ultimately. I've seen several mock drafts in the last week, like multiples, like three or four, that had the Ravens trading all the way up from 22 to like three or four to draft yeah, one of the quarterbacks. Just... That seems freaking wild to me. That I, I think they'd have to trade Lamar Jackson to, to do it, right? And then it's like, well, then is that team really moving? Down? It, it, just doesn't, it doesn't make much sense to me. That right. That um, I mean, I don't think we've seen a trade – to come up that much since was it Julio Jones, where a team yep, went up maybe. like eighteen plus picks or something? I don't know. Uh, he also had another question regarding the Ravens or a statement. I guess uh, he said his dream scenario is the Ravens getting either Joey Porter Jr. or Bijan Robinson at twenty-two. Either take one of those two or trade back. Um, your thoughts on whether either one of those will be available at, at 22 if they stand pat? I'd be surprised. Like, I, I don't think Porter – it would take the corners to fall, I think, for Porter to make it down there, right? Like, Devin Witherspoon falls to 16 or 17. Um, I, yeah, I, I just don't know if Porter makes it there. Bijan, I guess, is possible. We, like we talked about with Eric, we don't know. But uh, – and the Ravens, I think, are, could be a sneaky team to take him. But I'd be surprised. So he can he can hope for a trade down then. There you go. Uh, at flows four twenty, uh, ask uh, best guess on which teams will be picking in the top ten next year. Those that will most likely be looking for a quarterback. So it's kind of interesting um, because. I started kind of just putting together the bones and kind of do a, a 24 mock after the draft. Um, so I took the reverse Super Bowl odds for the order. And there's like a clear kind of divide, I feel like. Like, uh, you know, right now it's Arizona, Houston, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Tampa Bay. Like all those teams, all those teams could you know, either take a quarterback this year or need one next year. And then the Rams, Washington, uh, Chicago, Atlanta, like feel like teams that are going to need a quarterback, maybe not Chicago, right? So, you know, I think we could be looking at nine teams taking a quarterback either last year or next year that end up needing one. I guess I would guess Tampa being that team, right? They're too far down in the first round, I think, to get a quarterback this year. And, man, their roster is pretty brutal right now they're probably going to draft like a running back at some point day two so yeah i just i don't see it as a team that's going to compete and um they, i think they could be in that caleb williams sweepstakes who are the teams that have that are projected to have multiple first round picks next year uh, houston, right, right, one. houston has cleveland's chicago has carolinas that's it and i'm expe- i fully expect arizona to have somebody's <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see if they, you know, it depends how, how high they go down too. you know, if they, if they, like you said, if they bumped one pick to four, then they're not getting a future first. Maybe. No, not for one pick. The, 
Maybe if it's for Stroud or the quarterback. I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not ruling anything out. Uh, <laughs> last question from Twitter, at Nate underscore Dirt 19. Uh, wants to know about a rumor that Trey Lance may be getting traded to Minnesota and it, it, as part of a trade would include Kirk Cousins. You buying any yeah, so- of that? So Minnesota apparently has been one of the teams that's called the 49ers about Trey Lance. Um, And you think maybe, you know, maybe San Francisco, Brock Purdy's probably not going to be ready this season. They're really going to trot out Sam Darnold if they trade Trey Lance. You know, I don't think Kirk Cousins would be included. I think it would be last year Kirk get Lance healthy, ready, and send him out there. It doesn't make it too much sense to me, but it it could happen, you know, if – if Lance gets moved before during the draft, Minnesota's a possibility there. Give up their second-round pick, and you don't have to draft, you know, Hendon Hooker in the first, essentially. You could take something else. Sure. Uh, well, we got a question in the chat, so we'll answer that one here. Uh, Wyatt Johnson asks, uh, where do we see A.T. Perry going? He, he's a, he's kind of a tough one because I think he's on the fringe of day two. I, I would say day three, like round four into round five is probably where I'll have him end up. Um, you know, but if he goes round three, it wouldn't shock me. I won't be floored. I've seen a, I've seen a hand in, in a lot of the simulators I've gone through. He's he has come off the board in the late nineties, you know, very, very bottom of round three. I think, Early part of day three is where we early fourth round, I think, was you know, I, I question his long speed and he kind of answered that a little bit at the combine. So, you know, we'll see. He tested well, you know, he tested a lot better than I thought he would. So, I think that gets him probably in that pick between 105 and 120. This area seems, seems fair for AT Perry. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. All right, so that's going to do it for our questions tonight, Shane. Let's wrap it up here. Next week, we're going to, like last week, we did a live mock draft where it was how we thought, how we would have picked if we're the GMs of the teams. Next week, it'll be me and you uh, doing the same thing, except we'll be doing more of a how we think it's actually going to happen uh, mock draft alternating picks uh, sort of thing. So that, that real deal. Be, this is it. We're going to, yeah. you know, 32 for 32. We're going to end up with our podcast uh, choices. I think there, there you go. And so much stuff uh, coming up over the next week at DraftCountdown.com. Uh See tomorrow, Brad's going to look at the, you know, how the, for the last time, how the consensus, you know, board is breaking down. Um, Friday, I'll have my five bold predictions up. And then later that day, we'll have a video up where we get not only mine, but your five bold predictions uh, for the NFL draft. I'll have my final Cincinnati Bengals mock draft. Uh, Miranda's going to have a column where she's just going to comb all the rumors and lay it all out for you. And then next week, Monday, my final big board gets released. Top three, I'm going 300, top 300 players will be up on Monday. Tuesday, Shane, yours will be dropped. Uh, final big board there as well. Wednesday, Brad's going to go with his final mock draft. And then Thursday morning before the draft, 
8 a.m., they're going to get yours, Shane. Seven-round mock. First thing in the morning. Cup of coffee Thursday morning, Shane P. Howell mock draft. Yes, seven rounds. And then 11 a.m., while you're getting ready to eat your lunch, sitting at your desk, draftcountdown.com for the first time ever. Brian Bosard, seven-round mock draft, Shane. First time ever. I'm going to tell you, I'm not looking forward to writing this. But uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's some prep involved to put it together. It, so. it, it is. And uh, luckily, I took off work on Wednesday. So <laughs> all day Wednesday, I'll be combing over this and trying to get this done. And then let's, let's talk about it. Uh, night one of the NFL draft, star-studded affair here at draftcountdown.com on the live stream. Everybody, a who's who of draft guests coming on. Uh, you'll have – I'll be in for three segments. With, Shane, you're going the distance. You're going yeah. all 31 picks on round one. I'm going to pop in to start the show with you. And then the founder of Draft Countdown, Scott Wright, going to come on. Probably – he'll probably get around for the first couple picks. Then Brad Menendez will come in. I'll be back in. Miranda's going to pop in. Our good buddy Pigskin Paul's going to come in for a couple of segments. Nino Brown from Toilets to Titles and CFB Nation is going to come in. You know, we'll have Brad and Miranda around for multiple segments as well. And then I'm going to close it out with you. Last, what well, we anticipate the last 30 minutes, or it's just going to be, we're going to be recapping for 30 minutes going to the uh, to the midnight hour on the East Coast, uh, getting you set for day two. And then night two, day three. From pick 32 to 259, it's me and you, buddy. Analyzing every pick, when it happens. We won't be out there seven picks behind like they will in the NFL Network or ESPN broadcast. We get the pick, it's coming out. You're going to know it, and we're going to talk about it. So I, we did it last year. It was a grind, man, but we got it done, and it was a lot of fun. So we look forward to everybody joining us. Uh, all three days of the 2023 NFL draft. Yeah, I, I can't wait. It's super fun. It's fun just to have, you know, to be able to talk about these these picks um, where, where you might not get that in a lot of places. So if you want analysis, scouting report, fit, every pick will be here. My goal this year is that I will have watched every single player that gets drafted. It's going to make it happen. Shane, you only missed one last year, man. I missed one, so, and it, it, it haunts my dreams. So, how much Yale tape did you watch this year to uh, offset the uh, the fact that that's where you missed one from? <laughs> I, I don't look the Ivy Leagues, Yale, and you, you've been doing uh, Yeoman's work. You've been putting together a compilation sheet with all the Raz scores. So, I, if, if you're green, I, I'll have watched you by the draft. I guarantee it. That's good stuff, man. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Draft Countdown Podcast. If you're following us for the first time on YouTube and you or you come across this video, hit the like button. Subscribe, man, to our channel. We, we, we got to get the numbers of subscriber numbers up. Hit the notification bell so you get notified when we go live, be it every Wednesday on our show or for the, the three nights of the NFL Draft. You're going to want to be on that list to get notified when to come on. If you're listening to this audio version, Give us a five-star review, being on Spotify, being on Apple Podcasts, being on wherever, Podbean. We don't care. Just give us a five-star review wherever you listen. Share that out amongst everybody. Follow me on Twitter, 
at Deep Fried Draft. Follow Shane on Twitter at Shane P. Howell. Follow Draft Countdown on Twitter at Draft Countdown. And go to DraftCountdown.com. We told you what's coming. But go there every single day and get everything you need to know about the NFL Draft. For Shane, I'm Brian. Good night, everybody.